Okay. So, for some time now, we've been doing a series, um, My Church, or His Kingdom. See how that plays into what we just discussed? Yes. Same way, right? His Kingdom, man. Now, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to kind of take a turn a little bit. Uh, we, we've talked plenty about, I think everybody's got a pretty good idea about the, the spirit of My Church. Uh, so now we're going to start the next phase of the series, and this part of the series is going to be uh, The Kingdom Is. And then each week, we're going to take a different attribute, characteristic of God's kingdom from the scriptures and discuss what the, that part of the kingdom is. Because it's one thing to know what the spirit of my church is. Well, okay, now we need to know, well, what is the kingdom? We've been talking about it all this time. We know what it's not. Now we need to start learning about what it is. And it's fascinating when you read the words of Jesus, he talked a lot about the kingdom. What's particularly interesting to me is that he had two different references to the kingdom. He would talk about the kingdom of God and then other times he would talk about the kingdom of heaven. Now there are times where those are distinct and separate, but there are some times where they're the same. And we'll cover those. We'll cover them uh, case by case, so to speak. We're going to be in Matthew chapter number 25. That's Nathan throwing you off, hollering 26. I didn't hear. Oh, I just opened see, up Nathan, you've been falsely accused. <laughs> We're going to be in Matthew 25 and 31. And tonight, I, I thought it appropriate to start off with this because uh, this is something that I learned uh, years and years ago, Kitty and I have, and we talk about this often, actually. Tonight's attribute of the kingdom, personality change of the kingdom, so to speak, is the kingdom is the least of these. Now think about that. That's almost like an oxymoron, right? It's almost like two things that go together don't make sense, because the kingdom is the least of these. What? That's not the way the world works. The way the world works, the kingdom over in England... Oh, man, you know, that lady gets out of that carriage, everybody bows, she's got soldiers all around her, she's got a crown, uh, the crown jewels worth millions and millions of dollars, the world's kingdoms, the kingdom is the powerful, the kingdom is the wealthy, the kingdom is the famous. Well, in God's kingdom, the kingdom is the least of these. And we're going to find that right here. Matthew 25 and 31. <clears throat> when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And in front of him shall be gathered all nations. Wow. And he shall separate them one from another. Now, he's not a racist. That's not what this means. He goes on to explain, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. So that implies that there's going to be, in every nation, there's going to be some that Jesus considers to be his sheep. And there's going to be some that he considers to be goats, right? From every single nation. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. That's a pretty heavy message I preached one time, the left hand of God. I hope I never have to preach it again. The goats go on the left. Then shall the king, capital K, I like that. Mm -hmm. The king, they were just talking about Jesus. The king, the singular king, capital K, they're talking about Jesus. Say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father. Remember, he's talking about a sheep now. Mm. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So this is the reward. Okay? 
So this is a reward phase of the kingdom. This is what's waiting for people that Jesus considers to be his sheep. Now, what's really cool is we're going to find out some of the behaviors of people that Jesus considers to be his sheep. He tells exactly why they're going to inherit the kingdom. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty. Wait, he's the king, capital K. He's Jesus. He was hungry, and they fed him. He said, I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick. God was sick. <laughs> that don't even make sense. And you visited me. I was in prison. Uh, death couldn't even hold him. I was in prison, and you came unto me. You visited me in prison. Then shall the righteous, the sheep, the ones that's going to enter into that kingdom prepared before the foundation of the world, they're going to answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you? Now, that really stands out to me before we even get any further. Because I've read this parable 9,000 billion times, and, and most of you probably have too, or heard it preached on 55 times. But right there, all by itself is mind-boggling. And the reason that's mind-boggling is because that offers a great insight into the kind of people that Jesus considers to be his sheep, that he considers to be righteous, that one day he's going to look at and say, hey, come on in. Because look, he told them when I was, you did this. When I was at, you did this. When I was at, you did this. And they said, when did we see you? Which means whatever they did do, they didn't do because they thought it was him. They didn't do as part of their religion. They didn't do it to earn any points with God. They didn't do it because they were getting their good points for the day. Because they didn't even recognize that was him. So what that means is these people did those things because like Jimmy likes to say, that's what we do. Uh-huh. That means that was their lifestyle. That means when they heard somebody was sick, when they heard a neighbor's house burned up, they're just going to get out on the road and go down and see, you know, hey, is there anything we can do? Because that's what we do. They did not recognize that that was God at all. They're, they didn't do it because of their religion. They didn't do it because of rules. They did it because that was their lifestyle. And how do you get a lifestyle to be concerned about the welfare of strangers, do you suppose? You know how you do that? You have a relationship with the king. You see, when you have a relationship... You don't need all the rules. The rules will come naturally. There's things that you'll do that didn't used to be in your nature, or if it was, it was in very short bits and pieces every now and then, right? I mean, the world says, burn me once. You know, your fault, burn me twice. My fault. Jesus said, uh, they slap you once, turn the cheek around, and pop you again. It's a whole new way of thinking. Yeah. So these people right here didn't even recognize that they were doing it for God. That's amazing. Wasn't looking for points. Wasn't looking for any religious dots or, or T's to cross or I's to dot. Hmm. And they said, Then shall the righteous answer, Lord, when saw we thee? So look, Jesus is for, right here is foretelling a future event. He said, Then shall the righteous answer and say, When did we see you? Which means that people that only do things because they think they see God in it, or people that only do things because it's a religious restriction or command 
or set of rules in their life that look for that. This is my religion. I'm going to do my good deed for the day. That's not the person right here that Jesus is describing. So we have to be very careful in our relationship with God that we uh, guard against the spirit of religion because it can try to sneak in from time to time. If I'm not praying and I'm not fasting or I'm not reading, and we all go through seasons where it ain't what it should be. All of us do. And if a preacher ever tells you he don't go through that kind of season, he's lying finds another preacher. We all do because... <laughs> right? So in those times, uh, what I can do maybe to ease my own conscience is I can look for that guy at the red light with the sign. Maybe I'm a little quicker to go get him a cheeseburger and bring it back when I know that the rest of my relationship isn't healthy. So somehow I think that if I do this and do that, well, that's got to count for something, right, Dad? Mm. I mean, he's glad you fed the guy, right? But as far as relationship goes, it probably, it might even have made it a little bit further than it was. Mm. So it's a lifestyle. And the lifestyle comes from relationship. Then shall the righteous answer, when did we see you hungry? When did we feed you? Understand, this, this is, I can't wrap my brain around this. When did we see you hungry, God? Mm. When did we feed you, God? When were you thirsty, God? Those are things we don't associate with God. Mm. Hunger and thirst, we don't associate that with him anymore since he's resurrected and ain't carrying that flesh around anymore. When saw we the a stranger and took you in our house, God. When did we see you naked and give you clothes, God? Or when did we see you sick, God? In prison, God? And we came and visited you. And I love this. And the king. <laughs> Don't tell me Jesus ain't the king. Right. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily or truly, I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these. Mm -hmm. You see, the kingdom is the least of these. If we want a closer relationship with God, besides the things that we know fundamentally to do, like, okay, I want to be closer to God. I need to pray more. I need to read more. I need to do this more. Besides that stuff, if we want to figure out another way to get even more intimate with God than we've ever been before, we, we need to become more conscious of the least of these. We need to become more aware of the least of these because the kingdom is made up of the least of these. And look at this. This is how I know. The least of these are considered royalty. <laughs> what? What's this? And the king shall answer and say, Verily I say unto you, and as much as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren... Well, man, you can't be related to the king and not be royalty. Mm -hmm. The least of these are considered royalty. And the least of these in society are considered the off-scouring of the world. The ones that are shunned, the ones that are mocked, the ones that are treated bad. And yet here Jesus is, as you have done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Now, it's important to note that there is no indication anywhere that any of those people ever thanked any of them that did any of that stuff for them. 
There's nothing to indicate that the guy that got visited in prison was, was happy unless he got money put on his books. There ain't nothing to indicate that the guy that was hungry and got fed even said thank you. The only thing that we're told is, is these people were the least. And sometimes the least behave the least nicely. It might make sense. Sometimes the least don't behave the best. Sometimes the least don't seem very thankful when you help them. But when you remember, you're not helping them for them to be thankful. Uh -huh. You're helping them because they need help and we, we can. Because we serve a king who has a kingdom that is made up of the least of these. Hmm. He said, you've done it unto me. Man, that's family right there. You know, that's the way all families used to be back in the day. Like, you did it to my brother, you did it to me. We're going. <laughs> you might have whooped him, but I'm coming next. Now, I got next! Right. Huh? Yeah. I mean, the hillbillies come deep, man. Small family got seven. We're coming seven wide. <laughs> Something's going to happen. Because <laughs> yeah. if you did it to one of us, you did it to all of us. And you know, that's the way look, that's how Jesus sees the kingdom. So shouldn't we see the church that way? Shouldn't we see each other that way? I mean, really? I mean, is it something, something happens to Lori? It happens to us. Yeah. Something's going on over in Greenville where the wells are holding it down. Something, it happened to us. And that's the way we should be with each other. That's a pretty strong love right there. And here the King of Kings, the God of all glory, who the Bible says that the heavens is his throne, Mind you, the heavens are growing every second that passes. Completely contradictory to the laws of science. It says everything is an atrophy. That from the time it's born, it dies. Yet heavens are growing. They still can't explain it. I can because it's God's throne. And hmm, it's a pretty big God. And this God who says the heavens is his throne and this world that we'll never see all of and seems so humongous to us is where he props his feet. It's his mm -hmm. That that God we look on this world out of all the levels of society and people and backgrounds and cultures and he would look at the ones that are sick and hungry and in prison and homeless and say, that's my brother. That's my family. <sighs> you know, one thing about people like that, usually they know they ain't got anything. Usually they know they ain't got it all together. So there's something to be said about being humble and staying humble and recognizing, yes, the favor of God is in my life and God has provided for me, man, I'm good, but I know I ain't got it all together. I know why my life is so good. It's because I'm his brother, he's the king. I'm in royal family here, right? And God will choose these people to say, these are my brethren. Mm. Then shall he say unto also them on the left hand, Beat it. Mm. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I like that part. That means, you know, it wasn't intended for us, but it don't mean you can't wind up there. Mm. Depart from me, you cursed. Cursed. Why? Why? Why are these people cursed? 
Why are they going to get sent to a place that was designed for the devil? And he tells them exactly why. See, God doesn't want anything to be a mystery. He wants us to know of him. And he wants us to know how to please him. And he wants us also to know the things that don't make him happy. I'm glad he's that way. Look, this is what caused him to be cursed. What caused him to, to be a, a human torch for eternity. And to wind up in a place made for devils and angels. Listen to what it is. It ain't because they cursed the Holy Ghost. Because they blasphemed God. He said, because I was hungry and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger. Oh, wait. I mean, oh, we ain't supposed to only help people. We... I was a stranger and you took me not in. Naked and you clothed me. You didn't clothe me sick and in prison and you visited me not then shall they also answer saying lord when did we see you see the other people did things not knowing it was god and they did it anyway and these people are like if i would have known that was you yeah i'll bet uh -huh. When did we see you, God? Because you know what? If I'd known that was you, man, I'd have turned out, I mean, I'd have been late for where I was going. I wouldn't have got that 99 cent cheeseburger and come back and gave it to you at that red light. But I'd know it was you, God. Hmm. Then I'll answer and say, Lord, when, we, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or strange or naked or, or sick or in prison and did not minister unto you? Hmm. Like they would have if they'd just known. Hmm. Then shot, and you know that word minister there? Serve. Yeah. What a minister is. Serve. Not king of the pile or king of the hill. It's a servant. Then shall he answer them and say, Verily, truly, I say unto you, this one, this, this one stings. Inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. See, least of these. <clears throat> He's not saying that these are the least of society. He's saying the least of the least. So you take the worst one out of these least and the least of the least. So whatever one was the smelliest and whatever one was the most intimidating, the most scariest and the rudest, and, uh, just, you just you didn't want to, that one. So when you didn't do what you could have done for that one, then you didn't do it for me. So when you neglected her, you neglected me. When you neglected him, you neglected me. And by neglected, it means that's an opportunity you have to help somebody and neglect to do so. And God requires wisdom now. Understand. God is not looking for us to all go out in the streets and find people that might not have a place. Hey, come stay at my house tonight. God expects us to use wisdom. Doesn't expect us to hand money to the guy at the red light. Don't ever do that. That guy might really be hungry. If he is, he will appreciate that cheeseburger you bring back to him, and he won't care if it's got pickles or it's cold. But if he's really wanting to put a needle in his arm and you hand him money, then we're aiding and abetting. We're enabling. We're just sending him further down the wrong path, right? So God expects us to be wise. But God is very serious about us having a conscience for the least of the least, because who are the these that he's talking about, man? He's talking about the hungry, the homeless, the sick, and the convicts. The least of those. You know, bottom of the barrel. I know what it's like to look up from the bottom of that barrel. Because that's where I was, and I thank God 
that I walked into a place in 1992 and I didn't scatter like cockroaches and lights come on like I expected them to. I thank God that they knew. Thank God for that little old lady. That call. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> I still remember those church mothers. Somewhere along the line, those church mothers have read those words. What an amazing thing to think that each one of us can have that impact on somebody else. Because God's going to give us the opportunity. It ain't like he's got all kinds of people all over the world standing in line to do all this and we got to wait our turn. <laughs> no. The line of people needing this kind of help is much longer than the line of people waiting right. to help them. Mm -hmm. So if we have that heart and we say, God... Help me to be conscious of the least of the least. Help me to recognize that the kingdom is made up of the least of the least. Now, the thing we know is that these people did not stay this way. When Jesus compares us to the kingdom, when we feed somebody and we feed them spiritually, they're no longer the least of the least. Their life gets changed. Mm -hmm. They're no longer on the bottom of the barrel anymore. Life changes for them. And once it does like it has for us, then it's our turn to reach a hand back and pull somebody else right up to where we are. The kingdom is the least. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, and as much as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. I want you to notice up top when he said, You did it to the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Down here, for whatever reason, Jesus left the brother off this time. He said, he did it not to one of the least of these. You did it not to me. And then he tells what happens to people that live with blinders and that never become conscious of the least of the least. These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Now, what's cool about this is we're going to pray a prayer at the end of this right now. And all we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, God, I'm yours. I've got the name of Jesus. This is what the kingdom is made of. These people are your brothers. If they're your brothers, they're my brothers. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So somehow we've got to develop the eyes, kingdom eyes, to recognize the kingdom is not always war. It's not always war. Sometimes you'll find the kingdom right in the middle of somebody's weakness. Right in the middle of the most terrible time a person may have in their whole life. And God would put one of us right in the middle of that when life is a mess and it's all their fault. And still yet, God would look at the middle of that mess that they made and say, that's me right there. So we're to pray and ask God to help us to see. Scripture's full God, give us eyes to see, right? Mm -hmm. to ask God to help us to see. And you know, it isn't just these things. These things are dramatic, man. I mean, they are. But it's, it, it can be so much simpler than that. 
Give me a kind, like, like Glory, the, the guy, the Ever Ready Rabbit dude, it's always on, always making noise, all right? Well, you can be that person that's not like that, but the person that has a kind word for people that don't even know their name or, or just comes through and, and when says, hey, how you doing? Actually looks into their eye when you ask. Like, I'm waiting for an answer. Boy, won't that blow people away? Because usually you ask how you doing and whoop, yeah. well, I'm going to tell them. <laughs> so it can be as simple as making a difference. And I was thinking about you the other day too, Lori, with Stacy gone. And you know what come to me the other day? It's your turn. Because you've told me many times that there's times at your job that that Stacy was, she was a rock for you. There's times that on your job that that Stacy helped you stay in lanes, right? Encouraged you. Well, when, when, when God put it on me to send her that note and tell her there's an assignment for her where she's moving, I, I just, I felt like that. Now it's your turn there. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. And you're the one for the job. You really are, Lori. You really are. And sooner or later, you're going to learn to see yourself. You are. What I'd like us to do is, is I'd like us to pray. And you know, so we're in service on a Sunday. And we're always friendly to people come in. But it's a whole other thing when a guy comes in and he stinks. Uh -huh. <clears throat> his hair is matted to his head. And he don't talk right. And he sits down right next to you. It's a whole nother level. Jesus? See, because what I like to do is think that if I'm nice to him, I'm being like Jesus. I might be sitting next to Jesus. And in the eyes of the king, I am. We can do this. Mm -hmm. And God's going to trust us with people that need somebody to love them like that. And I want him to trust us. I don't care. Look, man, I don't ever want to be a home interiors church. <laughs> I'm glad for it. And I'm glad, you know, I'm, I have to say this in a way people don't misunderstand because there's people that are going to be listening to have home interiors on the walls of their sanctuary. I'm not downloading it. But I never want to get to a place where we've got more money on the walls in the sanctuary somewhere than we've got available to help somebody get a meal that comes right. in. That never That's right. Absolutely right. You, you see what I mean? And we can be that group of people. And God's going to find out if he can trust us. So get ready. Jesus might decide to sit next to you this Sunday. <laughs> Lord, I thank you, Father. Lord, the only way I got in is you love the least. <clears throat> God, I love you so much. Lord, I thank you, Father, that, that when you would look for somebody to call your brother. It would be somebody that isn't even capable of finding their own meal. Somebody that's violated the law so bad that they would be sent to prison. Somebody that's sick with no one else to help. Somebody with no clothes, no home. The first you would call those people, your brethren, your family, and then to stress how much you love people in those exact conditions, no matter whose fault it is, huh, you said 
the way we treat them is how we're treating you. Lord, that's heavy stuff. So Father, I pray tonight, God, that you would help us to have kingdom eyes. Because Lord, we're Americans. We're used to being proud of being the strongest, the greatest, the richest, the most powerful. And Father, we're learning more and more that that when it comes to your kingdom on this earth, other than the supernatural power available to us, that it's none of those things. So we've got some relearning to do. So I pray now, God, the next time I, I see that guy at the light and he's got that sign that I don't even read the sign other than the word food because it doesn't matter to me if I believe it or not. But when I see him standing there, let me see you. And Lord, if I would go through a drive-thru and get you a, a meal, Father, let me treat him like I would you. Lord, the people, not just the least, but the least of the least, the ones that there seems to be no hope for, the ones that seem impossible, that their lives would ever turn around, the ones that nobody loves, the ones that have done everything they can do to make sure nobody loves them. Father, Lord, help us to see them through your eyes. Help us to somehow wrap our brains around the fact that they were fearfully and wonderfully made. Whatever condition they're in now, God, you made them and you did it fearfully and with wonder. So God, when we see the least of the least, help us to feel that wonder and help us to be fearful, understanding that they are a creation of the almighty God, the God who we serve. God who we love, the God who lives in us, walks with us, talks with us, keeps his hand on our family, blesses us, provides for us, protects us, God. Lord, help us. Give us kingdom eyes, Father. Lord, if we're never in a, in, in, in a building somewhere, it don't matter. There's never a sign out front, it don't matter. Let the sign be in the sanctuary. <laughs> And let the sign be the way people are treated. Let the sign be the way people's lives are changed when they come into contact with love from other people, Father. So tonight, God, I, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for the Russell family. Thank you, Lord, for the love that they show each one of us. Thank you, Father, for the way they open their home up and allow us to worship here and, and to break the bread of life, Father. And Lord, we ask you to bless the Russell family, God. Lord, help them with anything they need help with, Father. And Lord, anything at all. Lord, when something comes the Russell family way, let us remember it's come our way too. And tonight, Father, we, we thank you for the Wells family. We thank you, God, for, for their willingness to do whatever for their willingness, God, just to love on people, Father. And we ask you tonight, God, to bless them and encourage them, Lord. Honor their, their sacrifice, Father, driving an hour each way every time they come to worship with us, God. Honor the, the hardships, Lord, and make some of them a little easier. And Lord, help us. Help us to remember, Father, whatever comes the Wells family way, it comes our way. 
Help us to remember, God, as long as there is love, we will stand. Let's love that man that comes to the door, that woman, those young people, whatever their appearance, whatever their odor, whatever their place in life, whatever their condition, let us treat them just like we would you, God. And help us, Father, to never let it be about religion. Let it always be about relationship. Tonight, Lord, we plead the blood over Lori. We ask you, God, to heal her sinuses. We ask you, Father, to give her an awesome night's rest tonight, God. Let her wake up tomorrow morning rested and healed. And let her walk through that workplace tomorrow knowing it is hers. I ask you tonight, Father, to bless your people all week long until we come together again. Everybody said in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the kingdom is least of the least.